0: G'day. Welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm Graham Curry, your host from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and I successfully maintained that weight loss now coming up 2 years. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what it's like to living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. I'm also the author of the book The Fasting Highway, which is a story of my journey overcoming chronic addiction to fast food and sugar, and taking that walk from morbid obesity to normality. So sit back here with us on the Fasting Highway in the next few weeks and listen to some inspiring guests and some experts in the intermittent fasting community. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast, and this is episode 89 And just before we get to today's exciting guest, I just wanted to thank those people that have been sending me messages about my book, The Fasting Highway, uh, about my own journey and story, which you can get on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. Uh, Thank you so much. You don't know how much it means to me. It's very heartwarming to receive them. So thank you. Uh, Let's get on to today's guest. And I'm super excited to have my first guest from the Asia region. And I'm talking of Nambi Raghavan. And Nambi lives in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And Rambi came to intermittent fasting during the pandemic, and he thought, well, how's he going to turn this negative into a positive, and how can he come out of it the better side? And he knew it was going to be a challenging time, especially as living by himself, and he wasn't that great at cooking. And he decided to do some research and started looking at social media, and he found his way to intermittent fasting, and he's had great success since then. And I won't spoil the story, so here to tell it is Nambi Raghavan. Oh, good day, Nambi, and welcome to the uh, Fasting Highway. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Graham. Thanks for having
1: me. It's a pleasure.
0: Oh, the pleasure's all mine. And you're my first guest from the Asian region. And um, I'm very excited about that and also excited to hear your story. But for those around the world, Nambi, that may not know of you, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit of your backstory and any problems you had with health in your life and weight and that sort of thing, and how you actually found your path to intermittent fasting.
1: Yep, thanks, Graham. Uh, so yeah, my name is Nambi and I'm from uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. So what happened was, or how I got into uh, intermittent fasting was during the lockdown last year. Uh, first things first, you know, we went into a lockdown where in March 2020, I believe, and uh, it was very, very quick. It was only two to three weeks. I started seeing people talking about, you know, putting on weight and because, you know, none of us were moving, everything was shut. And, you know, people were putting on weight, overeating and things like that. So, you know, and for someone like me, who has always been overweight, and I've never really paid attention to my weight, right? It was never a main thing for me. So, and, you know, I gave it a very, very hard thought. And I said, you know, I want to come out of this pandemic differently. You know, I, I don't want to be... Joining the rest, so I said, "What can I do differently during a lockdown where we really can't go out, we can't do anything?" And I, but I want to do something. I want to achieve something. So then I said, "All right, you know what? Maybe it is time that I took control of my weight." Now, just to give you a little bit of background, Graham, the problem is I'm 33 years old. I do my medical checkup, right? I do my blood test every year, and I never had any issues. Uh, my medical, my my records indicated. Everything was perfect, even my cholesterol was perfect, everything was so good. I was, I was, what, approximately 118 kilos. Now I know for a fact that, you know, at that weight for my height, it's, you know, something would eventually go wrong down the, down the road. It's just that it's probably because of my age that, uh, you know, I was still fine. Uh, So even my doctors were actually very surprised. They were like, you know, hey, you know, you are overweight, but everything seems to be fine with you. So now having this the back of my mind, I never paid attention to my weight. You know, I was I always had this thing, you know, yeah, you know, you're just going to be overweight. That's how it is. But, you know, just try to remain healthy. So I said, you know, maybe this is what I want to do. I want to take charge of this and let's see how it goes. And uh, I said, okay, I'm going to do something about it this time, and I want to see if it's going to work. Now, I must also say, uh, Graham, that, you know, I did not know a whole lot about intermittent fasting, right, about IF. Uh, I've heard about it. I've never paid attention to it. Uh, why I've never paid attention to it? Because, simply because I just, there was no interest in trying to lose weight or trying to be healthy or, you know, do slightly something different for me. And, uh, I also know that I am one person who can lose weight easily, and I can also put on weight even faster. So about 10 years ago, uh, because I used to live in the States before, uh, but 12 to 13 years ago, you know, in the United States, the food, it's huge portions, and you know, it's, it's, it's different. And I put on a lot of weight when I lived there. I moved back to Malaysia in 2011. I was at my heaviest. I immediately enrolled myself in the gym. Uh, yes, I started losing weight. I was eating a lot more healthier. I lost a couple of kilos. But then when I stopped, I just put on those weight back, if not doubled it. So that is when I said, you know, this is not sustainable, right? Uh, Because if you are asking me to eat something that I don't enjoy eating, that is not something that I'll be able to do for the rest of my life. So, what happened was I really gave it a hard thought and I said, you know what, I'm just probably going to reduce my portion. I just want to eat lesser. Now, Graham, I also should say that I'm one person that does not enjoy breakfast. I don't eat breakfast, uh, you know, and I only drink my coffee black. So, as I was, you know, because we were in a lockdown and I had all the time to just read through things and, you know, on Google, then you know, intermittent fasting kept popping up everywhere. So I said, you know what, let's just check this out. Yeah, What is this all about? So then when I read about it and I said, wait a moment, here we are. I am not having breakfast. So I'm already skipping one meal there. And I sleep approximately, what, six to seven hours. So, you know, if I were to do a 12-hour fast, that's not going to be that hard, right? All I got to do is just make sure that when I wake up, I don't do anything or I don't, you know, I eat slightly later. Uh, then I said, okay, this is, doesn't look too bad, right? I should probably start this. And that is how I developed the interest in, you know, finding out how, what IF is and, you know, I, I took it on from there.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So when you found intermittent fasting, so you had that high weight there of around 118 kilos, which is about 260 pounds for our North American uh, and UK listeners. And how did you actually start your protocol, Nambi? How did you actually say to yourself, this is what I'm gonna do? Yeah, okay.
1: So as a raggram and you know, uh, I I I saw, you know, you could do you could start off with twelve hours or sixteen hours or eighteen hours, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of places, like even your Facebook group or any other group, always advise to start slow, you know, you know, gradually make your way up and things like that. Uh, I'm one guy who likes to see quick results, so, and I said, you know, why, why, do, I, why do I start with 12 when I can start with 16, it's just another four hours, right, so what I did was, I actually started right away with 20 hours, 20 hours of fasting and four hours of eating, so that just gave me, you know, four hours of eating window. now. It all goes back to the lockdown that we were in, Graham. Because you know, restaurants were closed. Uh, I'm one person who lives alone. I don't live with my family. My family lives uh, approximately an hour away from me. So, restaurants are closed. What are the What are the other, other options that you have? Uh, you know, when it comes to food, is cooking. Now, I also don't cook. I hate cooking. <laughs> so you know, uh, the so you know, being a single person and when you live alone, your main source of food is usually snacks. That, that's what it is, because it's the easiest, everything from a packet, right? Everything that is already pre-cooked or microwavable food and things like that. So, and I said, you know what, I could do this 20 hours, you know, all I got to do is just make sure that I order in like one meal, meal and then, you know, I'll probably snack on something if I need to. Uh, and when I say that I need to snack on something when I need to is probably, you know, a cup, a cup of orange juice uh, after my meal or something like that. So, that's how I shrunk my eating window. I started with 20 hours, and then I went to 22, and then I went to 23 So, I've always maintained 23 or OMAD, in that case. Uh, you know, uh, I, I have got a sweet tooth. I'm a sweet tooth person. So, what has happened is, usually I would like, you know, a cup of orange juice or apple juice or something like that, along with my meal. Uh, and I said, you know what, this has to stop as well, because this is completely unnecessary. So as I began to see that, hey, you know, by just eating one meal, and I was completely fine, you know, like I just did not feel hungry and things like that. So I began to question myself, what was I doing all the while, right? Like why did I think that I needed to eat more? Why did I think that, you know, I needed to have something sweet? So, yeah, that, that's how I, I maintained
0: it since, and that's what I've been doing. Fantastic. When we talk about the clean fast, Nambi, Was that something you got right from the start? Did you understand the importance of clean fasting? Uh, you know, I did not, Graham. I did not know about the whole idea of clean
1: fast. Uh, I knew, you know, I because I I used to be adding uh, lemon and sometimes chia seeds into my water because I was like, if I'm going to do this, I might as well just go all the way. So, you know, when you generally find out or when you get on Google, you know, it's things like you know, add, add a slice of uh, lemon to you know burn fat faster and things like that. You know, that's what I was doing. So then I realized. As I was reading more and more about IF, I said, no, this has to stop too, right? Because it's not technically considered clean fasting if you're adding anything into your water. Though some places say, you know, a lemon is fine. You know, a dash of lemon water is fine. I said, But I guess, Graham, the difference is I began to appreciate the taste of water on its own uh, a lot more, right? And I could easily do between 3.5 to 4 liters of water daily. I have no issues with that right now. Uh, Before, if you ask me, yes, it was never, I was never a water person. Uh, Partially was also because, you know, when you're working, you're out and about, you don't have a whole lot of time to, you know, be be what, uh, thinking about, you know, I got to make sure that I hydrate myself enough and drink enough water. But when you're at home, you know, just, you know, buy a huge water bottle, keep it in front of you and say, I got to drink like three liters today and I'm going to do it. And that's what I did. So I completely eliminated you know, anything else that was added to the water. Uh, and I was quick to see this. I think you know, probably in about three months into my IF journey, I stopped adding anything to my water and it went completely clean. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier uh, as well, because I've always drank my coffee black. So that was never a problem for me. It was only adding this lemon or chia seeds or anything else into the water to so-called make it you know, even more healthier.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. There's three months there. And yeah. so when you switched over to that clean fast, Namby, what was the differences you noticed? Did you notice any differences between what you were doing and that pure clean fast?
1: Uh, no, not really, Graham. Uh, like I said, I, I, you know, I appreciated the the taste of water even more. Uh, I felt that actually, you know, just drinking water plain was a lot more better. So, and and I didn't, you know, honestly, there was nothing else that was different. You know, some people say they they get lightheaded or you know they get they feel weak or you know they need some sort of uh what uh taste in their mouth because their mouth gets really dry and things like that yeah I mean your, your mouth gets dry just keep drinking water hydrate yourself you'll be fine right so I mean the way I looked at it or the approach I took is you know if you keep your body hydrated everything is going to be fine so the, the core problem was actually you know you are not hydrated enough you're not drinking enough water that's it and that's what I kept doing. So, but yeah, otherwise nothing major as in like, I didn't see any changes when I switched to completely uh, doing clean fasting. And I was completely fine too.
0: Yeah, an important point you made there about the hydration, of course. And I know a lot of people will say to me, oh, I'm really hungry, you know, during my fasting. And I said, well, what are you doing about it? And um, do you drink much water? No, not really. Well, okay, we'll have a couple of big glasses of water. And often that hunger will pass, won't it? But then we have that two stages of hunger. We have that belly hunger, and then we have that head hunger, the mental hunger, where we walk past a shop or something, we smell something, we go, wow, I'm hungry. But then often, you know, you get that time where you just don't feel that great, or you're not quite feeling, you know, you might be feeling a little bit dizzy, you might be feeling a little bit off, that's a different type of hunger, and that's sometimes when we've got to listen to our body and perhaps open our window a little bit earlier So during your early stages of your fasting, did you have any struggles getting through the fast? Was there anything like that? Or did you find a pretty plain sailing?
1: Um, I did have a little struggle because uh, I also used to... have uh low blood sugar at some point uh, i think it was what three or four years ago i used to have low blood sugar so my doctors always used to advise me like you know you gotta be careful with this you know as soon as you wake up you gotta have something you know with, with sugar in it or things like that so when i started that i did feel a little, little lightheaded, especially in the mornings when i woke up but you know graham like, like, I, like you know, your Facebook group, all you got to go is just, you know, post a question there. And everyone is so supportive in answering you, you know, telling you what to do and what to look out for. And that's what I did. And I said, you know, I because I was finding it difficult for me to differentiate. Is this, you know, a real hunger? Is this a real drop in, in my sugar level? Or is this, you know, a psychological problem? Because this is what I have been told by my doctor before. And I've always naturally said... You know what when i wake up you know uh, when i feel dizzy i got to have something you know quick so i i can't remember which group that i posted in and, and someone said you know honestly if it's just lightheadedness or something along uh, I, I can't exactly remember what it was but the advice was you know just put a pinch of uh, himalayan salts into your water and drink and see what happens and that's what i did and i was like hey this worked. you know i'm completely fine after that so that's when I said, you know, it's not really about the the sugar level dropping then. You know, it's just that your body is just, it's in the transition phase, right? So I was very mindful that everything new that I was doing is actually something new to the body. And I would actually need the body to, you know, adapt. And I also know when the body adapts, it's going to react. So I was very mindful with what the body was saying. I was very careful with what I was doing so um having said that graham you know i did not really push myself too much as well you know if there are days that i said you know despite taking water with a pinch of salt something is not right then i said you know i'm just going to break my fast now i'm just going to eat something you know and so the difference what has happened is when i eat something before uh you know in Asia especially Graham I think I would just like to mention uh, you know we are high on carbs you know we are a society in high on carbs so even our breakfast is made out of breads and things like that if not rice or noodles and things like that so generally when you're breaking your fast let's say in the morning between 11 to 12 in the you know in the afternoon and things like that you get things with higher carbs so then I said you know I want I would like to change this uh, you know I, I got more nuts and berries and things like that I bought those I stocked them up in you know So I would then just probably have a few cashew nuts or pistachios in the morning. You know, if I feel like that, if I don't, then I don't do it. I just completely go on until, you know, I I complete my 22, 23 hours.
0: Yeah, that's really great. And I think that's interesting that, and what about, let's run through your appetite before you went to intermittent fasting. Just give us an idea of, were you like a big eater back then? Or did you, did you have a large appetite when you came to intermittent fasting?
1: You know, Graham, if you're talking about portion, I was never a big eater, uh, you know, but I was a frequent eater. I liked snacking, uh, you know. uh, I could go without eating a main meal. Uh, That was never an issue, as long as, you know, I had snacks. Uh, Like I said, I'm a sweet tooth person, right? You give me chocolates, I'm more than happy to have it. Or, you know, on a hot day, previously, you know, on a hot day, you know, the the weather in Malaysia is, is crazy. It's really hot. So, you know, it's always nice to have a nice, you know uh, ice lemon tea at four o'clock in the evening when it's really hot right so yeah it it has always been the the additional uh you know calories if I may say that I was actually consuming you know the 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 evening evening cakes and things like that or the morning morning you know you want to have something that you actually don't need so to me, yeah, it, it was never a big, I was never a big eater in terms of my actual meal, but I was a very frequent eater. I could eat all day, I could munch all day on things, and they were mostly, you know, uh, unhealthy stuff too.
0: Yeah, you were the typical grazer, which a lot of us was, and, you know, we'd graze all day. And I, I used to say to people, I used to do 16 and 8 in reverse. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd fast for eight hours while I was asleep, and then I'd, I'd eat for 16 hours straight pretty much yeah. while I was awake. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're pretty much grazing all day. And I really resonate with what you're saying there. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of us do have weight issues, I guess. Yeah. But let's talk about that eating window, uh, hmm. Nambi. Like you just said, you sort of tried to delay a few things and look at what you're eating and that sort of thing and switch it up. And a lot of people, when they come to fasting, they think it's a license to just eat whatever you want. And then they have issues with not losing weight fast enough and that sort of thing. And then they find that when they do start delaying something that's derailing them, they make that progress. And did you find that? Uh, Yes
1: and no, Graham. Uh, You see, one of the reasons why I enjoyed or I still enjoy doing IF is because It gives you the flexibility, right, uh, to pretty much eat what you want. Now, I understand when we say eat what you want, people, you know, overdo it. uh, And that's what, you know, everyone has been saying. And it's, let me put it this way. You you can do that at the beginning stage of your IF journey. Uh, However, you need to listen to your body and, you know, you need to scale it down. Well, how do I, how did I do this is to me was that, I just kept reducing a little by little on you know things that i did not require i did not eat so for example once again if i'm having rice for lunch i just reduce my my, my portion of my of my rice and then I, I i was just observing you know is that keeping me full for the entire day In if it didn't then i know i gotta add in a little bit more you know for the next day and things like that now as i as to you know can you eat whatever you want yeah well you know do not go and have like two big fast food meals in one series, uh, sitting and say that, oh, yeah, you know, I've done my eating for the day because that's completely unhealthy, right? That's completely uh, <laughs> uncalled for, if you ask me. Now, I guess what you got to ask yourself is as simple as this. Even whether you're doing IF or not, you know what is healthy and what is unhealthy. Right now, if you already know what is unhealthy, and even if you are not doing IF, would you take these unhealthy things every day? Would you consume them every day? No. Generally, we know that you know we are not supposed to do this. So, example, fast foods. We know that fast food is not the best. So if before you were doing it once a week, doesn't mean just because you're doing IF and you only have one hour of eating, oh, fast food is the best and it's the easiest. So I'm gonna eat fast food every day. That's not gonna work, right? Because we already know that fast food is not the best and if we were doing fast food once a week before maybe now we could do it like two to three weeks once right as at the beginning stage and then you scale it down and then you know you you change it so to me is you know you yeah yes and no you can eat what you want but be mindful of what you eat because end of the day your body must be satisfied to me it's just that when I have my meal I must be happy or satisfied it will keep me
0: completely fine for the next 22 23 hours and that's what we talk about, don't we? That worthy window. And I think everybody that does intermittent fasting, they may start off eating everything and anything. And then mm-hmm. you sort of gravitate over time to that higher quality foods and you start thinking to yourself, and I like to say, I like to eat what makes me feel my greatest. And mm-hmm. that's what how I look at it. So when I think about food, I think, is that going to make me feel great? Or am I going to be laying in bed later, feeling sick and unwell and yeah. not great because of what's in it? and all Mm -hmm. the chemicals and everything else. So once you start learning that, I think the transition becomes really great. And you get to that point where every day you want to make that window worthy. And and I think that's a really interesting point you made there. So I just wanted to run through the weight loss with you now. Um, 118 kilos, you started IF, uh, you switched over to that sort of clean fasting uh, three months in. How Mm -hmm. fast was the weight loss and what sort of progress were you seeing? You know,
1: Graham, so yeah, I I started... I started doing this approximately about 14 months ago uh, you know and i was when i started it was 118 kilos i think that's about 260 pounds i am 177 centimeters i think that's about five feet eight for the american listeners uh 14 months later i am i've lost 40 kilos so that's wow. approximately what yeah almost 80 90 pounds i believe right uh it has been gradual, uh, you know, there are, on a good month, I would lose probably 2, 2.5 kilos, uh, you know, and then I think uh, uh, about one year into my journey, it was May or June this year where, you know, I hit plateau. I, I was stuck at that 83, 84 kilogram mark. Uh, it just refused to go down, but nothing changed, right? My, my lifestyle was the same. Uh, and once again, you know, the Facebook group came came to 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 assist. You know, I just go and put in the and I, hey guys, you know, I've hit plateau. What should I do? And then I was advised that you got to you know switch things a little bit. Your body is already well adapted to the way you're eating. So I I you know I changed things a little bit. I did a little uh, couple of extended fasts, and you know I I got back into my routine a week later after you know switching things around for about a week. And uh, yeah, I've been gradually going down um now i would say i'm approximately about one to one point five kilos i could lose in a week but then i'll also put put that back on easily as well so, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So uh, I generally like to take an average of every three months, Graham. Uh, I don't think a monthly average works as well because, you know, you have fluctuations, you have water weight, you have things like that, right? And especially if for someone like me who's like still experimenting what's going to work well. So uh, let me also just put this out there, Graham. I'm currently at about 78 kilos my goal weight was between 73 to 75 uh how did I get this goal weight it was just purely you know looking at my BMI and things like that but I said you know 75 sounds about right so I would I would like to maintain between 73 to 75 as in 75 being my threshold I don't want to go more than 75 uh I would like to play you know in that range so, yeah, I am still trying to lose that little bit more, approximately that three to five kilos more, and then I would actually see, you know, what happens or how can I go into maintenance.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, 40 kilos in 14 months, that's an immense amount of weight to lose. Yeah. And I think that's quite incredible. And you say you hit that plateau and you did all the right things. You switched it around a bit and you, you yep. experimented with a few things and it got going. I know myself, I hit that plateau about the eight-month mark after losing 100 pounds and I thought, wow, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, I thought it was working and I thought I'm just going to persist and I did. And the only thing I probably did was increase my exercise a little bit more. And speaking of which, Nambi, are you an exerciser?
1: Um, Yes, Graham, but, you know, I I feel I should do more. Uh, You know, even when I started as well, uh, you know, 118 kilos you can't run you can't jog it's just impossible right you're just you're carrying all this extra weight in your body so when I said you know I I wanted to uh, do something and then I also you know told myself because we are in a lockdown and I'm just at home the only thing that we were allowed to actually do was to go out for our evening walks or jogs i said you know what i'm going to take this opportunity to just go out there and walk you know just get some fresh air and do so that's what got me motivated to start walking actually back in the day uh, about a year ago when we when this lockdown was all happening at the in- initial stage uh, I started walking, and now I am jogging. Obviously, I, I you know I've got a better pace. Uh, I generally go out there and uh, do approximately what three to four days a week. I try to get out and get a jog. You know, uh, it could, you know, on a good day I could do 10, 10 kilometers. <laughs> on a on a so-called lazy day, I would minimal minimally I would do five kilos, five yeah. kilometers. Sorry, yeah. So I do three to four times a week, and I, I try to maintain that.
0: Yeah, totally resonate with what you're saying. Like when you're 118 kilos, you just didn't feel like doing an exercise because of the weight you carry. And obviously you live in Kuala Lumpur, very humid there, very hot. And um, you know it's a real struggle just to go out for a walk and let alone being 118 kilos. And now you've lost that weight, you probably find that exercise has got to become one of your next things that you really love. And, And I can see in your skin, I'm talking to you on video here and how much you're glowing and you can see how healthy you look. And So you've been in lockdown there and you probably haven't seen a lot of people um, in the last sort of 12 months. And what's the reaction of the people that have seen you and and when they see you?
1: Yeah, actually, Graham, that's interesting you asked me that. So, um, you know, obviously this whole, pandemic has been ongoing for the last, what, 14, 15, 16 months now. And in between, you know, there were pockets of time that we were allowed to go out, we were allowed to travel and things like that. So I clearly remember at one point, uh, I was at about 102 kilos at that point. And when I went out and I saw uh, my family, they were like, oh, wow, you look great. Looks like you have lost weight. Now, my family was under the impression that because of the lockdown and because I don't cook, I am not eating well. Or I'm not <laughs> eating healthy and things like that, right? So they were like, you know, are you, you know, are you okay? Are you not eating? You know, I don't want you to be malnutrition and things like that. And I said, no, no, no. You know, I'm, I'm just my, being mindful with what I eat. I did not mention anything about what I'm doing, right? And I also did not use the word diet because I, what I realized is that number one, IF is not a diet, right? And number two, a lot of people do not understand how IF works. So, I was not going to just throw it out there and say, you know what, I'm doing IF and things like that, or I'm in a diet. I just said I was being mindful with what I was eating, and that's, I guess, it's just showing the results. I was, as this was happening, I mean, this was not uh, too, this was happening for about two to three weeks, because after that, we right went into a lockdown right away. And I... I got sort of comfortable, Graham, because, you know, I was feeling great. People were telling me, you know, that I was losing weight and, you know, I look better and I I got comfortable and I was like, you know what? Okay, that's good. You know, this is working, sounds good. But what I did not do, Graham, at the beginning of this whole thing was I did not set a goal. I just sort of wanted to try it out and see what was going to happen, Right. So when at this point, as I as I mentioned earlier, I was at 102 kilos. Then I said, you know what? I think it is time for me to get out of this three digits of the weighing scale and go to two digits, double digits and onto the weighing scale, right? I said, okay, let's try doing this. Let's see what happens. Within no time, I was down to 98, 99 kilos. So I was like, okay, this is good. Then I told myself, so at 98 kilos, I've already lost what? About about uh, 20 kilos. And then I said, you know, if I could do this, why do not I not just go all out and get to where I'm going to be really, really happy? Now, let me tell you, at 98 kilos, I was happy. I'm not saying that I wasn't, but I know it's still not the best. I could do more, right? And I said, yeah, let's just push this through. Let's see what happens, right? Uh, and at this point, what we are talking about, I was about doing IF for about seven, eight months at that point, and it was not a struggle anymore. I was so used to it. So I said, if, if I can continue doing this then I guess I should just continue doing this why should I try to change anything you know in between because I was already thinking if I should go into maintenance at that point then I said no I'm just gonna go all out let's let's try to what that's when you know I read up about BMI and how it should be or I mean we all know BMI is just one of those things out there you know as a guide for you you know uh, what, what's what's you gotta set yourself. So I just didn't know where to start off or how do I set my goal. I wouldn't know. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to take this BMI as my, you know, sort of keep it at the back of my head. And I would like to, you know, set this 73 to 75 kilos. And, and and so what I did was, Graham, I found someone, a friend of mine who is exactly my height. And he is approximately seven, 72 kilos. So I looked at him and I said, okay, so if I'm... 177 cm centimeters and and I'm at this uh, weight so this is probably how I'm going to look like I think I like this look so I'm going to maintain this I want this I didn't want to look you know too thin I didn't want to look too too small so that's how I ended up setting setting the uh, my my goal weight and I've been working towards that
0: yeah I think that's really interesting and I know when I set my goal weight coming down from 160 kilos and I just wanted to be 118 kilos because, and that was your weight, of course, but being six foot five, and I'm, I'm a great rugby fan, as you may know, I'm a fan of the New Zealand All Blacks. And um, yeah. guys that have played for the New Zealand All Blacks in the second row, they're six foot five, they're 118 kilos. And I thought, well, if I can look at them just like you look at your friend. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I want to be like that, you know. And, and then I got down there and I thought, well, you know what? I can get down to 112. And then I there thought. Okay, let's let's try for the 100. And I remember the day that I broke that 100. It was an emotional moment, and I'm sure you resonate with it. When you yeah. look at those two digits on the scale, and you've yeah. never seen that before in your adult life maybe, you just go, wow, that's amazing. And so you obviously you're reaching that set point now, what I like to call the set point. I think we get to that point where our body's saying, okay, we're sort of having enough now, or you might need to get down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. What's going to be your maintenance protocol, do you think, going forward? Have you thought about that? Uh, you know Graham, it's'm I'm still I'm
1: still trying to figure that out. Uh, I, I would like to you know um, see what's gonna work best. However, what I have thought about or what I know that I would want to do is I would definitely not be eating like what I used to eat before. Uh, there is no way that I'm gonna be eating like you know this this three snackings in between and three meals and things like that what I would ideally like to do, I would ideally like to, you know, it's like what you used to always say in your podcast, Graham, you know, ideally on a working day, I could easily maintain OMAD. There's not going to be a problem at all. Uh, It's just that over the weekends, I would like to tweak it a little bit, you know, have a slightly larger or longer eating window because, you know, once things open up, I would like to actually go out with my friends and have and meet up and have a meal or have a couple of cold drinks and things like that. You know, um, yeah, that's what I would like to do. And uh, that's what I have been doing as well. I've not been punishing myself. You know, there's one thing that I love about IF is because there's nothing that is, you know, set in stone, right? It's it's how do you want to do it? And even if you do it something differently today, you can get back to what you were doing the the very next day. Uh, And this is what I liked. Uh, the most about IF and ideally, like like I said, that's what I would like to do. I would like to move into maintenance by giving myself a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, freeway over the weekends to do a little bit more and and you know have have more, you know, uh, over the weekends in that in that sense. I've not figured that out yet, Graham. But with this, I would ideally like to continue doing my OMAD or my twenty three one. It's just a weekends. You know, tweaking it maybe, you know, six hours or at the most maximum is eight hours. You know, Graham, I can't eat like what I used to eat before. That, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, my, my stomach has shrunk. I, I'm not able to do what I so You know, if I'm not going to be able to eat like what I used to eat before, I might, might as well, you know, use my time well, my feeding window well and, and, and eat accordingly. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's great when you are in maintenance. And one of the joys I love about IFN being... And maintenance is the weekends. Um, I have that 16 and eight on the weekends and I can go out for a brunch with my wife or catch up with people. And it just gives you that extra flexibility. And I'm the same as you, like during the week when I'm working, it doesn't bother me. Like I get in the car, I drive to work, I work, I come home, I have an hour commute each way. So I usually time it that I get home around five o'clock and that's when I eat. I don't really have an exact time but I find most days when I have uh, my OMAD, or well, I like to eat once a day, I don't really do the extended fasting. We'll get into that in a minute. But um, I just find that I need to eat that once a day. But sometimes it might only be 20 minutes, like I have yeah. a meal, and, and that's pretty much it. And then I yeah. switch off. And I think it's important for people to understand, too, that when they start intermittent fasting, whatever protocol they're doing, a the two-hour eating window, four-hour, six-hour, eight-hour, you just don't eat for that whole time, do, do you? You just actually eat until you're satisfied, not stuffed. And what about appetite correction um, that we talk about, Nambi? Does it, you just mentioned there that you can't eat as much as you used to. When did hmm. you find your appetite started to get corrected there?
1: Uh, uh, probably. It was rather quick, uh, Graham. Probably, what, like into my fourth or fifth month of doing IF? Uh, you know, I, I begin to see that. Another thing that I got to also mention is, you know, I was a person who just used to eat whatever that pleased me. Now, and one thing that did not please me was vegetables. I hate eating vegetables. I was never a vegetable person. And so what what has happened is, you know, when I started doing this and when I was being a lot more mindful with what I was eating is when I said... You know what i gotta have my fiber i got, you know i gotta make sure that i have enough you know protein and things like that so i started introducing a lot more uh vegetables that was easy to go down at the initial stage so i was very picky even even when i started eating vegetables i was very picky with what i ate uh, i think now graham it's safe for me to say i'm just very picky with what i don't like i like a lot more now than i don't right you know previously it was just the opposite so, yeah, that that is what has happened in terms of uh, appetite correction. <laughs> I, I, a lot of people are actually surprised that I'm
0: eating vegetables now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan myself of vegetables. <laughs> I've probably had a lot of them forced down me as a kid, and that's probably why. But, yeah, yeah I think you just got to learn to know what works for you and works best. And I can see it's definitely working for you, losing that 40 kilos over the 14 months for sure. So, Nami, the other thing we talk about is the non-scale victories and the health benefits that come from intermittent fasting. Let's just talk about that for a minute and what were they like for you?
1: You know, Graham, uh, I was one person who never had a weighing scale at home, right? And uh, the only reason why I knew uh, what my weight was when I started, it was because in March of 2020 is when I did my annual, or uh, my yearly medical checkup. So that's when I knew that was my age. Uh, sorry, my weight. And uh, what I realized was, at the beginning stage, my t-shirts were getting a slightly bigger, right? And uh, I was like, is, am I losing weight or is this, you know, uh, just purely delusional or psychologically, I'm, I'm you know... Uh, that's when i said you know what i think i'm losing weight so as i was saying earlier you know when i was about that 102 kilos and i went out and my you know my family was like wow you have lost weight and things like that and it was only at that point graham i actually got a weighing scale for myself because i was really getting serious about this and i said you know what i'm going to start tracking this um, so that's how it started i guess my whole you know weight loss journey started with non-scale victories and uh, one of the biggest non-scale victories and i'm sure you would be able to resonate with this graham I was using, what, triple, 4XL T-shirts, and now I'm using a a large. You know, it's so much more easier, Graham, to do shopping, right? Oh, my goodness. When you were so big, and in Asia, Asians are not big. Generally, they are not big built people, right? And it was tough shopping, even whether it's a T-shirt or whether it's a working, you know, your working shirts and things like that. Now, it's so much more easier, Graham, and, you know, I, I, it's i could even get things online like if i you know i'm scrolling through and i say hey yeah this is a pretty nice t-shirt i want to get it no, it's so easy i can just purchase it before i could not do that because you know the sizing just w- wouldn't work so yeah it, the, the biggest is definitely that right because i've actually shed a lot of uh, upper body weight uh, that has actually you know that's very very visible uh, of course you know your your my stomach area and everything is a lot more smaller um my leg I guess because of the walking, you know my leg look a lot more toned you know it looks a lot more healthy I would like to say you know rather than you know just looking big and, and uh, you know uh, very uh, unhealthy that way. So yeah that's about the only uh, NSV that, that I can share.
0: Yeah I mean 40 kilos I mean you, you must have like with your clothing you must be going down sizes pretty rapidly. And I'm locked out, and that. What did you do? You just ordered them online, or how did you actually get you clothes?
1: Yeah, I got them online, uh, Graham. And what I did was, I was just trying to find for the cheapest one because I knew that I was losing weight, and I said, you know, I'm not going to spend money on getting something that you know I would not be able to wear in the next you know two months, right? So I was just trying to find the cheapest t-shirts out there just to sort of know where am I, you know, in my uh, in my uh, you know uh, sizing wise. You know graham it's really funny it was only about a month ago uh, i used to have a pants my shorts that was my my waist was at 44 uh, cm right and i was able to fit in on one side of of my pants both legs went into my one side of my pants you know and that was i when i looked at it and i was like wow this is great i've literally lost so much of weight you know um i have gotten rid of most of my old clothes. i did keep one or two of my favorite ones just just serve as a reminder this is what i was and i you know i'm never going back to this again but yeah i i, I one of those other things that you know i like what you also shared with you know a couple of your podcasts before is like there's no point keeping these clothes right it's it's just best to get rid of them and you know you always want to be fresh. You always want to know that where you are. And, you know, it, it serves you as, you know, because right now when I I would know that if I'm putting on weight, if I put on a T-shirt and I said, you know, this does not fit the same as what it was fitting me two weeks ago, right? Something is not right. So that's when I get curious, you know, did I lose weight or did I put on weight someplace, you know? So, yeah, that, that's what I've, <laughs> I've been doing.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I well, know well, during the pandemic, of course, and everybody's working at home, you don't actually have to have that many clothes because you can work in your pajamas if you want. Well, yeah,
1: you're right, yeah.
0: You know, or you go to a business meeting, you just put on a, a shirt with a tie and a, and a suit or something on a Zoom call and you might be wearing shorts and no shoes underneath or something like that. But um yeah, that's fantastic. And I think it's a great thing to donate your clothes as they get bigger. And a mindset thing for me was definitely to get them out the door. As soon as they became big on me, I found that really helped me. And I spent an absolute fortune on clothes and, People always say "Oh, you know you save a lot of money with intermittent fasting but I certainly never saved any money because I spent it all on clothes and shoes That's I don't right. know about did you save money with fasting or not really
1: Yeah yeah you're right. you're right Graham I mean uh, I mean you save it in one side right because you don't eat much but that money is just never saved because you've got other things that you know you you want to, you need to buy you know like your clothing and in my case because you know I also wanted to make sure that you know I introduced more healthy eating so I was buying a lot of berries and nuts you know and those things are not cheap over here. So, uh, yeah, and, and that's, that's where, you know, I guess uh, you lose some, you win some.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you actually do for a living, Nami, if you don't mind me asking?
1: I am actually a corporate social responsibility manager. So I do a lot of uh, outreach programs for the company that I work for, uh, you know, a lot of charitable activities for my, for my company.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So your colleagues are probably very excited when they see you on Zoom and that sort of thing. They go, hey, what's going on here? You've got the opposite way to most people that have been locked out.
1: Exactly. It's just not my colleagues, even my friends or even my family, Graham, that's what they keep saying. are like, wow, you you are just doing completely the opposite of what the rest of us are doing. And I said, yeah, that's that was the goal that I wanted to. I just wanted to get out of this pandemic. And, and let's face it, Graham, we would never forget this pandemic for the rest of our life. We all know that, you know, COVID hit in 2020, and this is what the world was. I wanted to remember that it was during this time that I did something different. And this, you know, I'm very thankful it came out positively for me.
0: I know, it was funny, actually, I was at a <coughs> farmer's field day the other day, and a, a guy said to me, the pandemic's certainly been memorable for you, hasn't it? And I said, what do you mean? He said, "Well, you wrote a best-selling book and you started a podcast, and <laughs> during the pandemic. And I suppose when I look back in twenty or thirty years' time, we'll remember those sort of things that we did do during the pandemic. And obviously, today is a very auspicious day too in history, September the 11th. And we just wanted to shout out to our North American listeners there. We we are with you, and we do remember the day, and we honour the victims of the uh, September 11th attacks here in New York. So it will be remiss of me not to mention that on this day, but." In uh, Kuala Lumpur, <clears throat> Nambi, is intermittent fasting uh, a growing thing? Do you know any other fasters? Uh, you know,
1: I don't. in my circle of friends, there, there's no one who's doing it, right? But uh, however, I did try to find online, there are a couple of uh, Facebook groups uh, on intermittent fasting for Malaysia. I did join a couple of them, Graham. Uh, you know, another important thing that I realized when it comes to IF is that you gotta do a lot of reading and research on your own, right? Uh, if you're just gonna be purely listening to what people say, then it, it's there's a lot of uh, wrong information out there. So, uh, from what I've uh, well, from what I've seen with the groups in Malaysia, yeah, there are. It's not a huge group. A lot of people are still, you know, in the initial stage. Uh, they're trying to find out. A lot of people are, you know, trying to, you know, so-called be coached, coaches and trying to tell people what to do. But I also realized that, you know, no, you're giving the wrong advice here, right? They are, to me, is like, you know, you got to do your own research. Uh, you want to listen to people you can, but make sure that you're listening to the right person. So, for example, like yourself, yeah, you are a you know, best-selling author. Of course, your, your facts are right. Whatever you've, you've, you've mentioned in your book is, is true. So, yes, I can take your word for it. Uh, Jin Stevens, for for instance, her book is as well, right? Uh, I also go to Dr. Jason Fung, you know, I I enjoy watching his videos, because not only he's a doctor, but what I also do is, uh, Graham, I listen to what Dr. Jason Fung has to say. And then I further do my own research as well. You know, I I go and read whatever other papers, you know, published papers, uh, to confirm, you know, this works. So to answer your question, uh, there are, but you know, I guess it's still a growing thing. It's very small. but. What I would generally think uh, from an Asian perspective, once again, uh, people are still looking IF as a way to lose weight. It is not necessarily, uh, you know, a more healthier or a, a better lifestyle approach that one is taking. Uh, I've somewhat come to terms that you know, doing IF, it's not to lose weight. Doing IF is actually to live healthier, but it has a wonderful bonus or benefit that comes with it, which is you get to lose weight. So that's where, you know, I I feel that there's a lot more education that needs to be uh, done on this.
0: Oh, exactly. And I think, you know, you're dead right about the, the groups and that. And you just take some things with a grain of salt. And as Bruce Lee used to say, absorb what is useful, discard what is not. I and yeah. I think that's a great, great terminology, especially when you're reading stuff. And I mean, you know yourself when you see things and the more experience you get, you sort of think, well, you know, that's not quite right. But, you know, you just sort of scroll past it and that's fine. But that's what we try to do in the fasting highway. We try to keep it factual and uh, keep people grounded. And and my big message to people is to keep it simple. And I'm a simple, intermittent faster, right? I eat once a day in a pattern of time, fasting, feasting, repeat the next day. That's just how it rolls for me. And I always say to people, don't overcomplicate it. And speaking of uh, overcomplication and that sort of thing, and a lot of people like to do the extended fasting, have you, mm. have you sort of in, uh, investigated the extended fast? You mentioned there you did a couple of them. Uh, I did, I did.
1: Uh, I actually did the extended fasting only to break my plateau. Uh, because yep. that was one of those things that was advice. Uh, so I did a 24 hours uh, in the first month. And then the, I did it only, I only do it once a month, sorry. So I did it in the first month, 24 hours. Then in the second month, I did a 36 hours. And then last month, I did a 48 hours. That's it. After that, you know, uh, this month, I didn't, I, I had no plans to do any extended fasting. Uh, I That's also because, Graham, I I have, you know, I'm still educating myself on I have. I'm still reading and things like that. I am still not convinced that you know you need to do extended fasting to uh, to to give you or anything very different, or it's not going to give something you know extremely great. I I think what is more important is to maintain a consistency in what you're doing, rather than doing in you know th- because Graham, there's no point of doing a 48 or 72 hours of extended fasting and then you know binge eating for the next 48 hours or 72 hours, right? It's going to completely defeat the purpose of doing it. So, uh, like I said, I only did it to break the plateau, and uh, I I just generally enjoy doing the 24 hours once in a while because it just you know I feel great sometimes. Or the 36 hours, because uh, my eating window is usually during lunchtime. So when I do a 34, oh, sorry, a 36 hours, it just you know drags me the whole day and takes me to the next day uh, for my lunch usually. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what it is. I I I. I you know, it's not fair for me to say I don't believe in extended fasting. Uh, I guess it's just that I don't see a need to do it yet, you know, as long as I have a good protocol going on.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. And, you know, I think uh, alternate day fasting certainly has a place. In um, episode six of this podcast, I spoke with Rachel Awad. Um She lives in Cairo in Egypt, and she gives a fantastic explanation of alternate day fasting and the right reasons to do it and the wrong reasons to do it. But the absolute wrong reason to do it is what I call revenge fasting, where people come on the weekend and they come to the Monday and they go, oh, man, I went to a party and I ate all the sausage rolls or I was drinking and now I'm six pounds up on the Monday. And it's important to realize you can't put six pounds of fat on over a couple of days. It just doesn't happen. And like you mentioned before with weight fluctuations with water and that sort of thing, I mean, you imagine waking up in the morning, right? You weigh yourself and then you go back to bed and then, you yeah. get up and you have two liters of water, and then you go and weigh yourself again and see what the difference is. You could be two, yeah. three, four pounds difference. And right. you could, and through the day you fluctuate, even though you're not having a lot, but you are drinking a lot. So people have got to realize that weight does fluctuate. And I always say to people, you know, don't freak out over fluctuations. It's like the stock market, right? You invest in the stock and you want to see it going like this. You want to see it going up. But when yeah. you're losing weight, it's going to go like that. And you want the trend to be going down the opposite yeah. way. And I think that's a, a good way to look at it. But Nabi, we're going to wrap it up soon. But I think you have a really great mindset, and I could see that you've really applied mindset to your journey. And mm-hmm. for me, it's been ninety nine percent for me mindset. Would you agree with that? Yes, Graham, uh, definitely. You know, uh, and and I, I think
1: you know as, as to my last point, uh, I would just like to say you know uh, a lot of people look at it as or look at if or look up at any any diet as something that it's impossible to do uh, i for now i mean now that i've been doing if i can resonate to that why is it you know something that is impossible to do simply because you are doing something that you are not comfortable doing with, doing that's why it's difficult so let's talk about a diet for instance right people say you know you got to have six Small meals, you know, you got to make sure your calorie intake is only at, you know, at this level and things like that. So it becomes stressful. Oh, can I eat this? Can I not eat this? You know, is this too much? And so on and so forth. So this is why nothing is sustainable, right? A lot of people can't, you know, follow through and things like that. So and then you talk about IF, you know, the biggest hurdle is I can eat for this, you know, in this eating window, but then how do I go without eating? For the next 18 hours or 20 hours or whatever, so it's just all in your mind. So, to me, yeah, you know, if you live in Asia, Graham, just just to add this in, yeah, if you live in Asia, uh, it's very different from whatever you you uh, you are advised by other people who live in in North America or you know even in like in your case uh, where you're from, because our food is different. Our food is generally fried. Our food is generally high on carbs. A lot of rice, a lot of noodles, and things like that. So if you are were to eliminate things like that, it is going to be nearly impossible for you to actually enjoy your, your life, right? You, you don't want to be losing weight. You don't want to be on a diet if you are not enjoying your life. There's no point to it. That's where people lose everything and they just go right back on, you know, to, to, to where they started from. So to me with IF, you know, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to eat something. I mean, too much of oily food. But then I think about it. This is where my friends want to go. Let's go. Even if it's oily food, I'll have it. It's fine, because I'm just going to have this. I don't have to worry about anything else. You, know? you still need a little bit of oil, a little bit of fat in your body. That's completely fine too, right? Uh, so yeah, to me, it's just that You know, talking about mindset, if you want something, you will make your way around it. It's, it's just as simple as that. So for instance, you know, talking about even your eating window, I'm someone who generally have lunch every day. But I know if I'm on the weekend, I'm going to go out and have dinner with my friends, I just skip my lunch. I would go and just end up eating dinner that day. That It's as simple as that, right? So it, it's all in your in your head. If you want it, it's it's easy to be done.
0: Yeah, flexibility is the key. Um, yeah. It's got to be flexible to be sustainable. Uh, yeah. People often say, oh, you know, I've got a wedding coming up or a party. How am I going to do this? You know, well, it's quite simple. You just move your window around to what you just said then and, you know, you're you organise organized to have your meal then with your friends and that sort of thing. And I think that is important, you know, like when your friends say, hey, Nambi, we're going out on Saturday night, you know. And I remember when I was losing the weight and people would say to me, oh, you know, we're going here or going there because I was a pretty social guy. And I remember avoiding so many things. And, and in hindsight, I probably could have gone to a lot of them. I just needed to move my window around a little bit and yep. just eat different things. But do you drink alcohol at all, Nambi? I do I do uh, I, I I
1: do and you know of course once again Graham because of this lockdown and things like that so that has reduced a whole lot more uh, just to share with you talking about this Graham you know you know there's this also this mindset you got to eat something before you drink right so I remember I think it was December last year when we were allowed to go out you know in between those couple of weeks we were allowed to go out so it was always okay I'm going to drink this evening so I got to eat something now so what I would do is I would actually break my fast as usual, like between 12.30 to 1 in the afternoon, have my lunch, and then go and drink probably over 6.30, 7 in the evening, right? Then I realized, why am I doing this, right? When I could just continue fasting till about 3 or 4 and then eat something, which I'm still having something before I go out and, you know, drink. But I am only eating, you know, I'm only feeding myself at what? Between 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. So that's just six hours instead of losing like 12 hours, you know? So, yeah, that, that's what I, I I tweaked it a little bit. And that's what I love about IF Graham. It's so flexible, right, is how do you want to do it?
0: Yeah, well, like you just said before, you know, you've got to enjoy your life. And, you know, yeah. when I have thought to myself, is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? And when you say you're going to be doing something for the rest of your life, that could be a long time. And now right. we've got ourselves healthy. That could even be a longer time. So, <laughs> you know, when you say things like, I'm going to do this forever – then, you know, that can be a long time. But I can't see any reason like you why I'd go back to snacking all day and that sort of thing. I just, I wouldn't feel great about it. And I just love the flexibility of intermittent fasting. I love the fact that if you do have a big day or something like that, you can just go back to doing what you normally do the next day. And after a couple of days, it just blows off. And I know now I've been maintaining my weight in a range of about two to five pounds for the last two years. And I found that really good. And like you, I've, I've got a number where that's that's my draw line, my line in the sand. I'm not going back above that. And um, if I do, then I'm just going to really work hard to get back down below that. But so far, so good. But Nabby, I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been to talk to you today. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway. Thank you, Graham. Thank you for having me. And keep up the good work that you're doing. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. In regards to everyone there. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Nambi. I thoroughly enjoyed that chat with you. And I think your insights and mindset into actually starting intermittent fasting during a very stressful time at the start of the pandemic is to be commended, especially living by yourself with all the stress going on around you and being separated from your family. I can't imagine how stressful that was and I think you absolutely have nailed this lifestyle and your sort of insights that you go throughout that podcast I know are going to inspire a lot of people around the world so thank you for sharing your journey with us Uh, coming up next week on the podcast we're going to be speaking with Megan Kreisenbeck and Megan is also a very inspiring person and she's from Idaho in the United States and Megan's had a great journey with intermittent fasting and I know you're all going to look forward to that one Uh, Again, uh, if you are interested in my story, you can get my book, The Fasting Highway, on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. Uh, Thank you to all that do so. Uh, It really helps out with the show and keeps it commercial free. So thank you. Anyway, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.